What's up, everyone? We're back for a post-game edition of Locked On Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee haven't done much losing lately, but they did drop a game tonight that maybe they weren't expecting to against an undermanned Miami team. We're going to break it all down now, so let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and find my work over at ESPN. And joining me today is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Um, maybe if you live in Milwaukee, you're waking up a little bit sad tonight. The Bucks lose to the Miami Heat 113 to 104. But nonetheless, we still appreciate you guys making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, this was a little bit of a strange game, Frank. I mean, we've spent some time, certainly I did yesterday with Justin discussing the schedule upcoming here and just the nature of the NBA. You want to take advantage of these games. Miami, I've been calling them the try-hard team of the NBA, and I think that they lived up to that reputation tonight. You know what you're going to get against Miami? And it's not, and people, trust me, the Miami fans, are already in my mentions on Twitter. They're, they're a very sensitive bunch. I'm, I'm happy for you that you won this game. It's fine. When I call you tryhards, <laughs> no, you're not. When you call when <laughs> when you when I call you tryhards, I'm like I, it's a term of endearment, in my opinion. You guys n- battle every single night. Um, we saw that tonight. No, I actually am fine, Frank. But I'm a little concerned about you. There was a little bit of spice on a post game tweet about PJ Tucker. Where do you want to start here? Uh, because obviously PJ Tucker had a big impact in this game playing on Giannis. Wasn't a great night for Giannis, only 15 points. <laughs> a horrendous night from Giannis. Okay, um, all I mean, right. Just let, let I mean, he, look, look, I mean, it, there is a long history. Eric Spolstra has had the best defenses against Giannis, I think, over the course of his career. You look at, like, his career splits. I think he's close to, if not the lowest, you know, career scoring average. Um, I think he's one of two two teams that he's shot under 50% against over his career. And he's had some really good games too. Um, but, you know, Spo, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I, I didn't want to play them in the playoffs last year because of that that reason. And, I mean, we had the conversation during that first round. I mean, I was like, dude, Giannis, you got to like, you know, like I was like, even as the Bucks were winning that series, I was like, Giannis, dude, I'm I'm really not impressed with Giannis in this series. And then he goes on and has, you know, one of the great playoff runs in in certainly recent NBA history and one of the greatest finals of all time. Um, but I mean, it just kind of goes to show you how like just some matchups, some teams are are just tough. And and I mean, the Heat have had so many different versions uh, over the years against Giannis, and they were had you know the Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson version, and obviously there's been you know, the, this latest incarnation with Bam, I mean, the Jay Crowder, Bam Adebayo version uh, that that embarrassed the Bucks in the playoffs. And obviously Giannis was injured at the end of that. Um, so, I mean, you know, like it's a regular season game. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, it was obviously, I'd say, you know, a, a, certainly a blown opportunity with the Heat missing Bam and Jimmy. Jimmy, who was literally out because he was butthurt with a uh, tailbone contusion. Um, but... Uh, 
but I mean, this is a recurring thing, right? I mean, you can, you know, again, it's, it's just regular season. It does not preordain any, anything for the future. This is a team that the Bucks just, you know, crushed in the playoffs um, 4-0. Uh, but, you know, P.J. Tucker has outplayed Giannis in two, two straight games. <laughs> like, not even played good defense. Like, he's just outplayed him. Like, he was... P.J. was better offensively than Giannis tonight by a mile, which is just, you know, like, should not happen. I mean, and and for, you know, P.J. to have a good first game offensively, and they just, you know, flew around and, and defended the Bucs and, you know, just completely out-energized them in that, that first game of the season, too. I mean, you know, it's just one of these things, like, I mean... I wouldn't want to play the heat in the playoffs. Right. And I think obviously the, the other component of all this is just that you could have had PJ Tucker on your team. Right. And so not only is he a guy that, you know, defensively brings um, a difficult dimension to the heat, a team that's always, you know, been able to cook up good schemes against Giannis. um, But, you know, you don't have him, and now he's on a team that is obviously wants to be one of your rivals in the, in the East. So, um, you know, again, it's not like worth getting panicked over, um, but I think, you know, it, it just seems like in my mentions that the two extremes are, doesn't matter at all, uh, you know, December, who cares, whatever. Um, like we can't even suggest that, you know, the Bucks are going to miss PJ Tucker at some point this season. Right. Um, ironically, right. Like as if PJ Tucker is a regular season player or something, um, or the, like, you know, people wanting to throw themselves off a bridge because the Bucks didn't didn't sign PJ Tucker and you know ownership is the worst in the history of the sport because they didn't want to pay pay all the extra tax money for him right the obvious answer is somewhere in the middle it's <laughs> somewhere in the middle here um but you know I think a game like this is instructive I don't think the outcome is necessarily very instructive in the sense that like the heat just got crazy hot from three um but give the heat credit I mean I don't think this was because the Bucks didn't like didn't want to win or didn't care or whatever I mean at this point, Giannis should feel pretty motivated to try to not, you know, have PJ Tucker outplay him again. Um, but they just did a really good job frustrating Giannis. He never got into a rhythm. And I mean, he missed like two dunks and some layups. Like he just, you know, some stuff that obviously isn't even necessarily PJ Tucker type stuff, but um, just a bad night from him. And um, I, it was just kind of weird with the way that he were shitting all those threes. I was almost like shocked that the Bucks were in it down the stretch, right? Because it wasn't, I mean, Drew Holiday played really, really well, but didn't feel like anybody else really came through um, in a meaningful way for the Bucks. I mean, there was a stretch, particularly for probably it was for most of the first three quarters, where to me at least it felt like, look, Miami are having a red hot crack here. I mean, it, uh, it was almost admirable the way that they were battling, but the turnovers were hurting them. The bleed, and you figured at some point, actually, I still thought even with five minutes to go, the Bucks were just going to find a way to win the game, and it was going to be one of those nights where. You know, credit to Miami. They played really well. Unfortunately, and this is why, you know, when you talk about the result, they had a franchise record 22 threes. We see this over the course of a regular season. And by the way, if you see that in a playoff game, fair chance you're going to lose as well. And there's no doubt that the game from Caleb Martin and Max Struess in the fourth quarter went bonkers. I mean, if they do that, it's going to be difficult to overcome. You did say yourself, though, that it's not aging well so far, the the PJ Tucker. So when you talk about people saying going on one side of the fence or the other, it seems like you're potentially um, frustrated by that right now. But by the way, I would point go back to the podcast when the decision was first made and we said why we think this has potentially happened. And I think that, oh, I certainly thought that it made sense when you look at the, the course of the regular season and it is the first week of December right now. So we'll see what happens by the time May rolls around. But I think that that's been, for most people, 
the biggest question mark with the Miami team. You've got Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, uh, PJ Tucker. You've got these veterans. Are they going to last through the season? We'll see um, what happens there. And uh, I'm certainly not going to be someone that's going to sit here and say that you should discredit what PJ did during the playoff run. I had someone tweet at me, you know, sick of people crying about PJ Tucker. He got 50 put on him against Brooklyn. Listen, we've already explained why that was such a critical role for this team. Let's not go down that path. But I was actually enjoying PJ Tucker tonight. Even some of the flopping, I was like, ah, PJ. It's like classic PJ. I mean, he's like a championship winning player for this team. I found myself actually enjoying some of the shenanigans. And we've seen in years gone by, you mentioned some of the variations that Miami have had, but we've seen with other teams as well, Toronto being one of them, coincidentally, Kyle Lowry, that if you put a smaller player on him, you can frustrate him a little bit. There was that one offensive foul that Giannis got called for on PJ where he kind of just turned. Like we see sometimes players will vigorously throw the elbow and you're like, okay, that's an offensive foul. Uh, To me, that wasn't one of those situations, but there was contact there. PJ smart enough to hit the deck. And look, there's no doubt we know PJ Tucker is going to be a guy um, that is going to be incredibly motivated to hopefully uh, take down the Bucks, but we can continue that in a second. Firstly, I just want to mention Shopify uh, because in case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify, sh- uh, Shopify, Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, the point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed go to shopify.com slash locked on mba that's all lowercase there for a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash locked on mba right now at shopify.com slash locked on NBA. And then uh, True Bill, I've been talking about True Bill, these subscriptions that you've got that you forget about, you're spending all this money, True Bill will help you. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with True Bill. Uh, You you can do some serious stuff. You can buy some bucks tickets with those 720 bucks. There's no doubt. Uh, Companies um, make subs hard to cancel. True Bill make it incredibly simple. Just link your account. And Bill will cancel your unwanted subs in one tap. And True Bill Concierge is there. So when you need to cancel unwanted subs, you don't uh, they do that so you don't have to. So don't fall for subscription scans. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Uh, I just wrapped up with Peter Pukowski. Frank on the Locked On Today podcast. So uh, after you finish listening to Locked On Bucks, your first listen of the day, jump across the Locked On Packers. They're back in action this week. So the Giannis, if we can just continue the Giannis conversation. Well, let me answer your question though. I mean, the, about the not aging well. I mean, yeah, you know, like obviously I think we said, you know, we were not happy that the Bucks didn't didn't bring back PJ. They ultimately ended up, you know, still spending a fair bit of money. Obviously, they brought back Bobby. That was, but was before. it? I don't. I don't want to just to cut you off. I, I don't want to. But were we? I think. And correct me if I'm wrong. And certainly, if you were thinking differently, that's totally fine. But I think we were saying that through the lens of it very much appearing that they were cheap. Initially, it looked like it was a we're not willing to pay, you right. know, as much money in the luggage tax. And then, you know, especially because of the Grayson Allen move, which added four million in salary. 
um, you know, using their trade exception, you know, they kind of went, but again, they could have done that, you know, also if they signed PJ. Um, So I I think, I think honestly, like the, the, a big reason why it's not aging. I mean, for me, it's less of what happened tonight and more of what we talked about last week. It's the fact that you don't know if Brooke Lopez is coming back. And so it's not that PJ Tucker replaces Brooke Lopez, but it's that, you know, kind of like what we were talking about last week, you had two bait, you know, two very dangerous, you know, I don't want to say dangerous, but two very interesting and successful defensive looks you could basically throw at, at teams last year. You had your really big look, look with Brooke in the middle and PJ being one of your wing defenders, right? And PJ and, and Drew, you know, guarding Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. Um, I mean, that's a ton of physicality and annoyance and switchability against bigger players that you can throw out there. Not that PJ is like a Devin Booker stopper or something, but um, you had a lot of flexibility partly enabled by PJ there. And then you also had the ability to go, you know, put Brooke on the bench and play with Giannis and PJ at the, at the big spots and not, you know, not be too small, right. You could still rebound. You could be competitive. You could be switchable. You could play against bigger teams. And so, you know, I think part of the thesis on why it was okay to lose PJ was, well, you still have Brooke, you know, as the back line (laughs) of defense. And so, you know, we'll trade off some offense for defense, you know, we'll just be maybe just be a better offensive team, right? Because obviously PJ is not normally going to do what he did tonight offensively. Um, I mean, PJ took, who, who was it? I forget who it was. He took somebody down into the post and just like <laughs> manhandled him and got a bucket in the post, right? And he had a couple short little push shots. Um, so that was like the full arsenal from from PJ, which obviously you're not going to see normally. But I mean, he's shooting 50% from the field and 43% from three this year. I mean, which I would not have expected, right? I thought... His, we didn't like, say that. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he obviously was coming back from the injury last year, mostly struggled during the regular season. Um, and I think we just generally figured like, oh, he's going to like kind of take it easy during the regular season. And, you know, you just hope he kind of amps up for the playoffs. But, you know, he's playing 27 minutes a game. It's not like he's playing crazy minutes or anything like that, but he's just played really well um, for Miami. So, you know, we'll see if that lasts. I mean, I don't think, I don't expect him to shoot 40% uh, all year. Um, but long story short, I think, again, this is, I think, just a reminder of like, man, It'd be pretty nice to have a weapon like that, you know, if for nothing else, just defensively to give you more versatility. And obviously, you know, the idea of like, well, you know, Shemi Ojale, we'll see what he has. Obviously, he's been hurt and hasn't, you know, and again, not that he's going to show it in the regular season anyway, but we haven't really seen the Bucks have kind of an answer for PJ's, you know, role defensively. And now with Brooke out, you just lost, you know, probably your, you know, well, you can debate, right? Giannis and Drew are also both incredible defensively, but... <laughs> you have three really big impact defenders on this team. And now one of them obviously is a, is a big question mark. Hopefully comes back later this regular season and you have him for the playoffs, but you don't know. So, you know, again, I think it's just, you know, some of it's hindsight now, but I mean, you know, I think most that's, people thought it'd be yeah. nice to have PJ Tucker, even when, when he left. I mean, that's how you, the, ultimately, re- regardless of whether it's hindsight or not, that's how it's going to be judged when you make that call. So that's, that's totally fine. And the Bucks. Uh, you know, we said it at the time as well, and it still feels this way now. It seems like they took a bit of a, a gamble or an educated gamble that they thought maybe they squeezed the most out of the lemon that they could. We'll see. He looks pretty good right now. When he was traveling all around the world on all those boats and uh, fashion shows, I was saying, I don't know what kind of PJ Tucker you're going to get in the regular season, but he looks pretty good. So uh, good for him. As far as Drew Holiday goes, we should touch on a positive for tonight, offensively at least. Uh, he had 27 points, four rebounds, four assists, 12 for 17 from the field, knocked down a couple of threes as well. 
and we were discussing it at length for a number of weeks. Oh, Drew's just missing these layups. He's not able to to body his way to the to the spots that he likes to shoot that little mid range fadeaway. He's kind of got this weird touch where his shot is so soft that his jump shots, it never really feels like it, it swishes, sort of bounces around the rim and eventually drops. But it was nice to see, particularly in the third quarter where he kind of took over the game a little bit offensively. They needed it at the time, but to see him start to find some rhythm these last few games has been good. He was uh, he shot better than 50% his first two games. And I think it was like seven, eight, something like that games in a row that he shot under 50% coming back from the injuries. And that's when we were like, Hey, Drew, this feels a little bit too much like what you were doing during the playoffs last year yeah, offensively. Yeah. Um, and we know you're not, you know, playing the same load and and having to exert yourself like you were doing the playoffs. So is this, you know, is this just like the long off season, you know, the long, you know, the, the, the short off season kind of rearing its head and he's just not going to, you know, really kind of be there as a regular season guy as much this year. But um, he's now been seven of his last nine games. He shot above 50% from the field, which again is a, it's an arbitrary cutoff, but, um, but he's looked way better offensively uh, certainly over these last games. So that's a, a definite bright spot. And, you know, Chris Middleton's been weird. I mean, he, like Giannis, really struggled in the first half. I, think, I don't know if he was like two for eight or something like that. He's had a bunch of games lately where he like is just kind of like, oh man, he's having a, just a, he just looks like he doesn't have it in the first half. And then he really gets it going a bit in the second half. And he did that again tonight. I mean, 20 points on 13 shots. It's like, oh, okay. You know, in Miami where the Bucks always seem to suck outside of those, those, those two games in the playoffs that they won. Um, you know, that, I mean, I'll, I'll happily take that. Uh, but it would, you know, I mean, his, his, obviously his, his, especially his shooting numbers on the season have, have really not come around yet. And so I think that's one of those things, you know, hopefully it's just a matter of time here that Chris begins to get into a bad, better rhythm and starts to knock down, you know, threes at a, at a higher rate, starts to kind of get his, his efficiency overall up. Cause, cause certainly that's been an area that, that, you know, he, he has not been, uh, so far this season where, where you would really want it to be. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think all being, you know, all, all told Chris and Drew, I think you look at their stat lines and kind of what they did, you kind of are happy with that as much as like, you know, Giannis's struggles are kind of an obvious talking point. Um, I mean, I thought the, the Bucks defense was just had some just really bad moments tonight. I thought, I mean, we talk about, you know, not, over indexing on on single game plus minus um boogie being plus nine tonight i'd have no idea how that happened i thought <laughs> they looked completely lost with him on the floor um most of the time he was out there defensively uh this was one of those games where i think just you know a team that's really active and moves a lot and can play small um just really kind of just seemed to have the bucks kind of in knots um but and and then probably the the you know the worst part caleb martin you know having his career game Caleb Martin, who I was trying to, I think he's the, the, the crappier of the two Martin brothers. Um, <laughs> although they have basically the identical career three point percentages. Um, I think Cody, Cody was cat. Caleb was released by the Hornets. Um, and then landed in Miami. He would obviously was great. And, um, I mean, huge first half. If he doesn't have like a career half and the bucks may run away with this game and hide at halftime. Um, but I mean, there was, you know, there were some blow buys by the bucks. I mean, drew holiday just let, Caleb Martin go by him from the corner and then Middleton just got there too late. And Caleb Martin has like a highlight reel dunk that was earlier in the game. And then, you know, he has that highlight reel, just, you know, bucks going keystone cops at the end and he gets a steal for a dunk as the crowd's just going nuts. So um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 this, this was, you know, 
with the Bucks personnel, especially, you know, we've talked a lot about Cousins and Portis and, you know, how do you kind of paper over that with Giannis and, and their other defensive pieces? Um, for the most part, it's worked very well so far in these last, you know, few weeks. Uh, tonight, you know, I thought it did not look great for periods, but by the same token, I mean, look, the Heat just hit a ton of threes and, and that obviously was sort of ultimately what, what carried the game for them. Um, but by the same token, I mean, PJ Tucker hurting them in the paint, posting dudes up, um, that, that is not something that, uh, you would expect to see either. Yeah, we saw a number of times the Bucks players were left in their defensive stance. But speaking about stance, uh, founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. And I tell you what, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that active wear is, is the way to go. Stance can help you out uh, there. So Stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of life less ordinary uh, with Stance. And by the way, Stance brings you a typical aesthetic alongside with pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. So remember, just use the promo code Locked On at the checkout as you register for, for an account at stance.com and you'll get 15% off uh, with stance. So Frank, look, listen, yeah, not one of the more enjoyable games of the season, but I'm curious how things are in the Madden household because the all conquering Houston Rockets are next on tap for the Bucks. They handled the Nets tonight. No, Kevin Durant, we should uh, make that clear, uh, but a league best seven straight games as uh your wife uh, started to dust off the rockets gear and uh look they defeated james harden tonight that's a that's a big time win for the rockets yeah no she doesn't really watch the rockets anymore <laughs> uh she 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 gave up on them actually before they became bad so it, it was okay. more because they sort of stressed her out but um but yeah no it's been fun i mean i think i've watched more rockets this year than than she has i actually was watching a little bit of them over uh over the thanksgiving break so yeah it's been I, they've you know jalen green's just like a terrible rookie and he got hurt and now they've instantly become good again um <laughs> and kevin porter jr's also now been hurt of late as well uh he who put 50 on drew holiday last year so um so yeah i mean i think it's more just the fact that some of their younger guys who you know may have bright futures but um aren't going to contribute to winning right now uh have have been able to get some more run and um you know the woodlands my guy Christian Wood, good to see him, um, kind of getting to 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 win some games for a change, which obviously is something that he hasn't done a whole lot of uh, since he left Milwaukee. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean the Rockets beat the Bucks in Houston last year, yes. and they did not give the Bucks an easy time in Milwaukee late in the season either. I mean, I don't know if you remember that game, but that game was ended up being like a lot closer than it it should have been. So who knows? I mean. <laughs> You know, like I won't count anything out. Um, hopefully, Giannis will be motivated to dunk all over his his uh, his son Christian Wood um, and give us a repeat of uh, some of his uh, performances against the Pistons when Christian was there. Um, because uh, certainly, coming off a you know an unimpressive performance like tonight in Miami, a game that they should have won, um, I, I don't care if the you know Rockets win 50 straight games. Like that's obviously a game that at the end of the day you you should win no matter where it, where it takes place. So. Yeah, hopefully they uh, 
actually come with a little bit more organization and intensity uh, in this next game because um, losing two straight against you know the Heat B team and the Rockets whatever team that that would not be a a good way to kind of continue the the surge that they seemingly had found. Well, uh, also, I'm very shocked and disappointed. You didn't mention DJ Augustine. Uh, still actually an NBA player out there in Houston. So there's some old friends. Uh, where's Sterling Brown? He's at Dallas now. He's with Jason Kidd. So I'm sure that's going very well for him in Dallas. But uh, we should also... Did I, admit- did, I ever tell, did I ever tell you guys... Did I ever tell the story of how he was like the worst neighbor ever? One of my wife's high school friends lived next to him in Houston last year. And he was apparently just... Especially Party. after he heard his, he heard he heard his knee, and like they would just have like raging parties like all night long, um, and it was just awful. So there, there you go. There's a uh, Sterling Brown, not not apparently a, a good neighbor to have, um, but uh, he's now he's now in Dallas. They were very my my wife's friends were very happy when they found out he had moved to Dallas. So. <laughs> oh, well, still, and he's a young man just trying to enjoy his life. <laughs> he had June. a baby. Apparently, apparently they quieted. He had his. I don't know if it was his first child, but he and his. Uh, I think his girlfriend um, had a baby and, and then things quieted down significantly. So he was um, just going out with a bang, Frank. I'm sure you I did guess. the same. I'm sure yeah. you did the same. Eh, eh, not so much, but you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess uh, we'll see. We'll see who wins the battle of the Madden household in this game <laughs> against Houston. Uh, look, a fascinating team to watch. There's no doubt about that. And we'll see. So uh, as far as the standings go, obviously the Bucks lose this one tonight. They're 16 and 10. already mentioned that Brooklyn uh, lost this game as well. So uh, not too much damage in terms, of, in terms of the top of the East. Still a game and a half behind Brooklyn at the top there. We'll be back tomorrow. And then that game against Houston. Is that Friday night, Frank? Am I making that up? I think that's right. Are you going to the game? No. No, Sad. I'm I'm going to be here in Austin, but I will be seeing the Rockets uh, in Milwaukee on December 22nd. Beautiful, lovely. And by the way, we spoke about a bunch of veteran guys that are making their run uh, before the trade deadline. Shout out to the revival of Eric Gordon. He's been banging threes, so be careful in this game in a couple of days' time because he'll drop 20. Uh, no, no worries about that. But we'll leave it there for today. The Bucks drop one to the Heat. Uh, disappointing performance. We'll say that 113 to 104. They've still won 10 out of their last 12. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling as well. But for now, for Frank and myself, we'll leave it there. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.